Revolution one step at a time, baby. Let's get this thing going one way or another. We're gonna try to do a marathon show, ain't this right? I'm gonna see how long you guys can stay and hang out and rock out and roll with the law to the nation. Let's get this thing going one way or another, baby. Yes, yes, we're live like 95, but let's go, Cowboys Nation. You guys already know. this day going appreciate those who tuning in to the nation one day at a time right or one game at a time we got to take this day going right so we're going to tune in and i'm telling you right now we're going to tune in come on camera get focused with me there we go there we go there we go we're going to tune in to let's see who we're going to tune in first we're going to tune into the actual undisputed first and uh we're going to listen to what they said Let's see what we can talk about. I, I guess this is not undisputed. This is. Let's see. In himself, he weighed in yesterday on Chris Facebook. Chris Carter, Five yes. and nine Buccaneers. Nothing's given and nothing's given uh, in this league and in life. So, I mean, we want to go out there and That's take Dak it. Uh, take what we deserve. What talk about. It's not, we don't want to be given, uh, just given the playoff spot because other teams lose. Um, we need to go out there and show how dominant we are, and it's about getting this win, and that's really the focus. It's not necessarily anymore about, oh, let's go get this win. We're in the playoffs. Everybody knows it's going to happen. It should have happened whenever, whenever I guess, but I guess we went to last week kind of thinking that and uh, was, was very humbled. Uh, so this week is about going in there and being the best team that we are uh, and that we can be and making sure we just get a win, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. So there are very few right things here. that Dak didn't say in that soundbite, which is good. So he'll be ready in case coaching <laughs> comes sooner Carter than we think. And, uh, uh, Brian, what's the key to the Cowboys' offense having any success? Brian Dawkins, you guys know him, and then Nick Wright, 
Uh, they had a show earlier this morning. They had some good valid points. So we're going to go ahead this thing one way or another. We're going to listen to what they have to say. Then I'm going to compliment them. And then I'm going to go ahead and murder them and all this good stuff. <laughs> I'm just playing with you guys. I'm not going to murder nobody. But shout out to you, Mr. A-Roll. Appreciate you for tuning in to the nation. Let's get this thing going. Also, we'll be live on Roku. We got a Roku uh, deal. You see the deal down below. And we on iTunes. We on Spotify. We everywhere. We here, there, everywhere. Let's get this thing going one way or another. Appreciate those who tuning in to the nation. It's always a pleasure. It's always a plus. But let's get this thing going. <laughs> against a Buck team that really is nothing to play for at this point. But could be hungry and, and want to come out. and, and just want to play sports. And want to yeah, play sports. They, they could be playing Spoiler for jobs alert, for next year, sure. things like that. A lot of players do that. I, I think this game sets up perfectly for the Dallas Cowboys. First of all, they're playing at home. Dak Prescott has been much better at home than he has been on the road. 13 touchdowns at home, four touchdowns on the road. So he's been much better. We, we understand that. They're coming off a big-time loss last week, embarrassing yes. loss last week where they didn't score at all. That, 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 that hurts them a little bit. Their ego brings them back down to size. Most importantly, and I think for this team, it's all about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. How can he get going? They're playing against a defense that over the last four games has allowed 5.8 yards per carry in the run. Dallas Cowboys need their run game to get going. Mm -hmm. Hand yes, the ball off to Zeke. Allow him to get 20, 25 carries. Now that offense looks different. It's a totally mm -hmm. different flow to that football team as long as Zeke gets going early on in the game. I, I fully expect the Cowboys to win this game. I would be shocked if they lose it because they wrap up the division with a win, because they're back at home. And, Nick, you want to see some style points. Well, that's yeah. what I was getting right. Like, we can be here Monday points, and then win, and I say, ah, good for Dallas, they uh, get the division. Or I can say, okay, now that's a team that you can start to legitimately fear because we know what they do. We know right. that they have the ability to play excellent defense mm -hmm. and we know they've got a superstar at tailback what we don't know is can they be consistently explosive in the passing game we don't know if they can keep Dak upright he's been sacked 51 times this Great year time, and Cowboy we don't Nation. know if they can get threes to turn into sevens but what mm -hmm. I do know is if they can't get those threes to turn into sevens they can't go on a playoff run they are not going to be able to beat teams that are better than them at the quarterback position that are going to have home field advantage mm -hmm. over them in the playoffs by kicking field goals. So that is, I need to see at least, of those three things, at least two of them buttoned up and them do it well this week because the Bucks are the worst team they're playing the rest of the way. We have been saying all season long, oh, I'd love Dak to make four big plays, three big plays, two mm -hmm. big plays. Maybe Dak should just open up his game a little bit. Maybe run the ball. We haven't seen him do that in the last week or two. No doubt. We want to see Dak Prescott run the ball with his legs. We already know for the simple fact that he can't just be that guy that's going to throw 40 or 50 passes just accurate enough for everybody taste. So what we need to see with Dak Prescott, the young Dak Prescott, to do is when he runs the rock seven or more, the guy is undefeated, right? So when he runs the ball five plays or more, he's about right above, uh, I, I forgot that number, but I believe it's more games than he lost. I think he only lost like two or three games when he run the rock more than five times. So if I'm the offensive coordinator, I'm sitting here saying to myself, we got a dynamic, explosive running back in Ezekiel Elliott, number 21. We already know what he brings to the table. Yes, we can all see that with our eyes, with our natural eyes. We know what Ezekiel Elliott can do. So with that being said, this guy, 
Lennon Hands of the Worlds and the Kelly Moores of the Worlds. This is not for me to sully and denigrate them or cast aspersions or however you want to call it. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus and step on them, and I'm not trying to say that they are trash or what have you, but for this particular quarterback skill set, it's kind of funny to me that Kelly Moore, he's more of a guy that's going to sit back in the pocket and glide through the pocket. He's not a guy that's going to run out and skate from the pocket, right? We already know that that's the, that's the real deal, Holyfield, with that situation, right? And if we look at Scott Lenahan's pedigree, he's just not that coach that's going to be able to create spaces for the quarterback to roll out and, and to run with the RPO spread option offense. Sometimes, look, I'm going to let you guys know a little secret. I'm going to let you guys know just a little secret right now. When you're talking about quarterback play, and you're talking about millionaires who's coaching the, the, the young quarterback. You can barely talk to people who make $45,000 to $80,000 a year. They have that mantra of saying that, hey, I'm right. I make some money, right? But we already know forty-five dollars to $65,000 to $80,000 a year is not a lot of money. But it may be a lot to some. But some egos get into the way. Can you imagine trying to tell somebody who makes millions? And these quarterback coaches and these actual, I guess, offensive coordinator, they make millions. So for us as fans, we try to tell them, hey, man, hey, bro, in order for you to win this game, you got to do it this way. I'm going to tell you right now, they already have their mind fixated and, and already set in stone of what it needs to be do, what it needs to be done in order to win games. And I'm telling you right now, I'm just telling you the truth. I can lie to you, but I don't have to lie to kick it. You know how I'm talking about. Y'all know that I don't have to lie to kick it. I'm going to tell you guys the real deal, Holyfield. The real deal of the situation is that Scott Lenahan, he's not willing to change. He said that my philosophy works. Set back into the set back as the quarterback, three steps out of your shotgun formation, look for the open pass. It should be there, and you can do the dig route, which is cool. On man-to-man -man defense, yes, I will agree. Dig. Button hooks, man to man. The guy shouldn't shouldn't be able to uh, jump on the route because it's man to man defense, right? So that should win. Pop. Oh, one could argue what? Mm, let me give you a number. Maybe seventy five to eighty five percent of the times that that should work, give or take. But it is what it is. <laughs> when you do that play consistently, then what you can do is a DB. You say, okay, if you're gonna do the button hook route, I'm not worried about the I'm not worried about the slow go. They can have that, because I know the temperament of the quarterback. He's not gonna try to take it deep anyway. I'm gonna sit down, what we call sit down on the route. We're gonna we gonna get our, our feet not too narrow base. We're gonna keep it wide or what have you. And then we're gonna do a little jam. It can be just a redirect. I don't have to really move you off your mark. I'm talking football to you. All I can do now is put these hands on you. And if not, when that ball hit on that 10-yard marker, then I can just be a little more aggressive. The officials will not call that. You know, want, want to know why? Because as a man-to-man -man defense, they're going to say, hey, it's incidental contact, meaning that if we were both fighting for the ball, all I got to do is the DP is look back for the ball. I could be aggressive with you for the whole entire trip, and then on top of that, as long as I'm telling the official that I'm looking back for the ball, <laughs> I have the right for that spot for the ball. So that's why we're not getting that much P.I. When I look at the tape and film, that's why we're not getting that much P.I. Because I can be aggressive as I can with Amari Cooper. Yes, he's faster than me. Yes, he's bigger. Yes, he's stronger. But guess what? I know where he's going to be at on that route when he lines up. As far as his tendencies, when he lines up on the outside, I know where he's going to stop his route. 
So all I got to do is play him aggressive for the first five yards, get off and release off my little stance a little bit, and at the top of the route, I know the ball is curling. That's what the coach did. They knew exactly what he's going to do. Now, as a quarterback, I'm talking about my quarterback. That's my quarterback. As a quarterback, he had to be able to see those things and make adjustments on the fly and say, okay, they right now got man-to-man -man press, man cover. They got a single high safety. I know for sure he's lined up on the opposite side of the hash. I know for sure I can eat his lunch on, that, on the fade. I know for sure I can hit him on the back shoulder right now. But I know for sure right now that this coaching staff, man, this coaching staff, I don't know if they're allowing him to have that longitude and latitude. I don't know if a third-year quarterback done developed that type of pedigree to say to him, to, to say to the quarterback coach and say to the actual offensive coordinator that this is what I'm calling out here for today. I don't think that he got those type of rationales out there. Let me know if I'm wrong. Shout out to you. Uh, uh, who, let me just do a quick shout out to those that's in the chat box. I really appreciate everybody that's part of the nation. You guys know how this thing go. I always have the dedication to support the nation. We even if it's me just trying to add a little sense of sensations with the edu education. You guys know I got these things for you, right? Jamal Burton, appreciate you for tuning in to this thing on the Law Nation 2.0. He's first. And in second place, and then Alamo is third place. Alamo Kid, he said, yo, Cowboys, rise up to the occasion. Savage time. What's up, fam? Got to step it up just a little bit to be in the first place column. Shout out to you, though, anyway. You know how we got to get this thing going. Let me see who we have over here on my – let me see where is that. Uh, I got to go pull this up. Thank you all for tuning in to this thing. We're going to chop it up. We're going to top it up. Calvin Williamson, appreciate you for tuning in to this thing. Appreciate you, man. Let me pop you out. Let me pop out this uh, chat box on the Law Nation page. Appreciate you. I know y'all y'all see the new setup. It's, I try to make it neat for everybody. Try to put in the hard work and the hard time and the dedication for everybody. But while I do that, let's listen in to some more what they have well, to say. Well, last week's game we saw, and Nick, you pointed out to me only four times, not only in his pro career, but in his college career, where he had no rushing attempts. Was the, Last week was the fourth time in his 96 college and pro games that he never rushed the ball once. And you could see in last week's game, they are a total, um, totally different offense. But Nick, to answer your question to the problems that they have, points per game being a problem, third down they have a problem, right. and in the red zone they have right. a problem. That's the answer right there, Jenna, running the football with Dak. Forget all this mess. I'm going to develop to be a pocket passer. Like, Speaking. Russell Wilson is one of the few people that has the skill level that you can say, all right, we can drop him back. We are not worried about any throwing deficiency, reading coverages, man, zone, and are him running the ball. He does not have to be a mobile quarterback. It's just one of his assets that he has. Dak right now. He's a mobile quarterback that struggles throwing the football. So what are we going to do? Let's put eight carries in there for him, especially in the red zone. That read option, forget about the passing part, because when you put it in there to Zeke, they know the game plan. They know that they've given up 5.8. So Jenna's solution, Dak running. Forget about trying to drop back and, oh, I'm a pocket pass, I'm a complete quarterback. At this stage of your career, it should be about winning games, playing to your strong suit of that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, and that young, fast, ferocious defense. Not only is... Woo! Woo! Did Chris Carter, did Chris Carter drop some dimes out there? Man, I, I feel like rewinding and just listening in to what Chris Carter had to say. 
play to the young quarterback strong suit. Yes, I do know that there's a segment. I ain't talking about everybody. I'm talking about some people. There's a segment of people that just can't stand Dak Prescott, which rightfully so. <laughs> He's not the classic quarterback. Look, I can actually, I can actually tell you guys, Jim Kelly is a better passer of the ball than Troy Aikman would ever be. <laughs> but he don't have the hardware. He don't have the he don't have the production as it relates to what really counts. Now he's been to the Super Bowl more times than Troy Aikman but he just don't have the hardware. <laughs> so what I'm saying is collectively, it's about team play, of course, it's about coaching and things like that. But uh, what it amounts to the most is how can your quarterback coach and how can your actual offensive coordinator put things around you and make sure that when you roll it out to your left, because we can argue the fact that when the first three weeks, okay, yes, I can give the young Dakota uh, uh, Prescott the, the pass a little bit, just a little bit, because I can give him just that little bit. But when it's week 15, when it's week 14, when it's week 13, and he's rolling to his left, and he got space and opportunity. I'm going to say that again. He got space and opportunity. And that young quarterback do not set his feet and he do not gather himself together to make that accurate throw. Huh. Now I'm saying to myself, now either the coaching is not there or the skill set is not there. So if, if I can break that down for you guys, if you guys are willing to listen, because we're going we're gonna to be here for a minute. It's a marathon show, right? We're going to try to be here for a minute for those who like to be here. Those who uh, got nothing else to do on a Friday night. If you're in our club, you're not partying it up. Because right now, I'll probably be back in the days when I was in my 20s. I'll be partying it up right now. I'll be in somebody's club on somebody's daughter. You know what I mean? But neither here nor there. Um, right now, right now, Cowboy Nation, if they don't see the fact that he's not progressing, and he's not being able to develop when he's rolling to his left, then why in the hell would you have a, to, a chance to call a play to roll the young quarterback to his left? Because now the onus is on you. Because you know that that's not his skill set. You already know how we bring that down, right? If it's not your skill set, if math, if you struggle in math, which I was good in math and horrible in English, as you guys can tell with some of my vernacular. I was horrible in English, you know, subject plays. <laughs> what was a dangling modifier and all that stuff? That didn't make sense to me. But math, I was able to pick up numbers. So when I got to college, I said, you know what? Instead of being an English major, I did the percentages. And I said, okay, being a school teacher or educator will only make me this amount of money. But being an economics, <laughs> being an economics person, it will make me this amount of money. So that's what I went and did. I said, you know what? I calculated everything. And I said, you know what? I'm going to become an economics major. <laughs> I'm going to become a business administration major. That was my BA. So I went and I studied and I said, this is my strong suit. I didn't try to be an English professional, a professional. <laughs> I can't even say the word right right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, that, that's the reality of things, right? So if you know for sure that Dak Prescott is not left-handed, and he can't pass well, or he can't pass accurate enough going to his left side, this is not me making excuses for him, but this is coaching talking to you that you do not put that type of play in the playbook. You say, you know what? We chalked this up. He can't pass, damn it, to his left. We're going to roll him to the right, and we're going to make that same type of throw, and that would at least make the guy comfortable enough. And then also you can do the analytics on yourself, and you can say to yourself, if he run the Brock, 
If he run the rock more than seven times, then we undefeated. Then I'm greedy. I want to win every game I can. <laughs> I'm going to run the rock with the young Dak Prescott. Let me know if I got any sense out here. Let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> Let me know. You can put down below of what you guys feeling like. Because I know for sure I can go back. Shout out to you, Brandon. Shout out to you uh, that's on the uh, periscopes of the worlds. This is the thing that I know for sure. That if I can see Dak Prescott struggling, rolling to his left, me with the natural understanding of football, I won't call that play. I'm trying to win. And if I dog it me, I'm going to try to win regardless of anything that, that I can find. And I'm going to win this game. I'm going to roll to the right. Well, Dak running allow that team to get going a little bit, especially in the red zone. That allows Dak to get going. Sometimes there's players that say, as long if I get hit in the mouth once, now I'm mm -hmm. ready to play some football. Mm -hmm. Now I'm ready to go out there and compete. We, he didn't run last week. And that offense looked bland. That offense yeah. looked like it couldn't convert. Yeah. They couldn't stay on the field long enough. They stopped yeah. the run. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Colts did, and they did a great job against Zeke. Now Dak has to step up. He has gotcha. to be able to hit some targets. The one thing as you watch Dak, throw the football. He's not reading coverages very well. He's not understanding what defenses are trying to do to him. They start one side, they roll the other way. Throw to the receiver that's one-on-one. -on -one. It's pretty simple. It's just one of those things that he hasn't developed as a quarterback yet. Well, and one, I know you're talking about design runs or read options where he has the option to run. I... Watching. I'm gonna take the read out of his. Yeah, out of don't it. don't right, read. So yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready to say, listen, man. You're running on this. Put your big boy pads on, as Danny Green would say. Right. Leave them little small ones. All right, leave them small pads. Put your big ones on. You can really earn your paycheck. This is what's best for this offense. This is what's best for the team. There's another element though where Dak can what's use his legs, that? and this reminds me of a lot of the teams you played on because I I always feel like as a fan watching, there's nothing more demoralizing than get your defense gets the other opposing team in third and long you yeah. cover it well yeah. and then the quarterback runs for the first down mm -hmm. how many times did donovan like it's uh, it's all covered up and then all of a sudden wait everyone's backs to me yeah. i'm running and you saw the defense go mm -hmm. you got to be kidding me there are opportunities for dak to do that da there, there are times quarterbacks who are knocked as not pocket passers guys who say i how well do they read the defense i feel like mm -hmm. they almost want to prove to you oh no, no no i'm not gonna run i am when, when the running option is available to them they do want to prove to you that they can be a pocket pocket passer because that's how quarterbacks are. That's how they're rated. That's how yep. they're evaluated. How many touchdowns did you throw? Not how mm -hmm. many touchdowns did you did you did you run for? You saw that kind of yeah. with with Donovan just a little bit. That can affect this game in so many different ways. That's Defenses are not set up to talking. stop the running quarterback. They're set up to get after quarterbacks in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Dak, same way as Lamar Jackson. The reason why he has so has been so effective is because defense can't they, they don't defend that very mm -hmm. well. They're they're, they're they're designed to get after the quarterbacks in the pocket. Uh, Brian, tell me something. I believe yes. that Dallas also can affect the psyche of Tampa Bay. When you are a team that's going somewhere, playing against a team that's not going anywhere, them first 30 minutes become real important. I used to tell the DBs, I'm gonna be cutting you. Now, I'm going to see how much you want to play. Right. I'm going to see how much you want to play. Are you trying to avoid getting off-season surgery? Does Dallas come out with that attitude? Do you believe in that type of psyche? No. Could, could play huge dividends in this game oh, where one okay, team okay. just packs it in. Well, for the Cowboys, this is an important game. And, and you can get your swagger back. You can get swagger. that little thing back. That yeah, that's what Nick's you, been saying you, you, all can't, week. you can't put... Uh, on paper, that thing that says, you know, we're, we're ready to make a playoff Mojo. run. And, and there's nothing Mojo. better than a team like the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
This is the team that Christmas. you want to play. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Here's your homecoming game. Yeah. This is a team that you want to play if you're trying to get that swagger back. A defense that has struggled all season long to stop people. On the other side, you talk about Jameis Winston, a quarterback that's willing Oh, to yeah. throw the football to the other oh, team. Yeah. This Give is a, a, a great, a great rap gift for the Dallas Cowboys. Big time game for their offense. Brian, loved having you here. It's love that you remember me. Yes, go Brian back. Westbrook, man. Hey, this is the thing. Uh, didn't Byron Jones catch one of his first interceptions against Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Didn't he catch over an interception with them? Let me know. Put that down in the comment box below. Let me know how that goes. And then we're gonna jump over to. Um, I guess this is Skip Bayless and them. You know how they go. You know how we talk about them. But before we go into that, uh, appreciate those who tuning into the uh, nation. Really, really, really appreciate each and every last one of you all for being part of the mix. Incognito, thank you for regulating everything. It's always a pleasure, man. God brings in a ton. I mean a ton of stats and information for the for, for, for the law nation, man. He brings in that stuff, man. Uh What's his, his uh, rage? <laughs> What's good with you, man? Chris is brutal. Yes, he is, man. He is. Calvin Williamson, man. Yes, appreciate it. He said, I won 100% on that assessment law. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, Brandon, what's up? B, over here. What's the word? Yeah, I see you over there on the Periscope, man. Thank you for tuning in to the nation. Don't forget to let people know where they can get the facts at. <laughs> End zone, Hail Mary. Yeah. That was his first interception, right? It, it was like a, a throw-it-up play, and he finally showed his vertical leaps and his, his vertical uh, abilities and things like that. Matt, what's up, man? Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, so for those who do, just don't know, we're we going to be live on Roku. So if you got the Roku player, and you can just tune in to the Roku deal, and then we can just really, really, really set this thing off, especially for those who, who pretty much want to cut the cable and things like that. There's first row sports. There's Roku players out there. There's fire sticks out there. Fire sticks out there. Whisper fire sticks. So you can watch all the NFL games. Yes, there's all this stuff out there. Barry B, what's good, man? Thanks for tuning in to the nation, man. Let's go ahead and listen to what they got to say over here on Undisputed. Tom Brady. Yep. Yes. So Sunday. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Wins this about Tom game. Brady and him. I have Tampa Bay 21-17 winning the game. Close game, but they win. That's Rob Parker. And if you're a Cowboys fan. Thank you for that. I do. do Seriously, I thank you for that. Go ahead. Let me pause it right quick. Y'all remember Rob Parker. He was the guy that got fired from ESPN because he called uh, RG Knee or RG3 a cornball brother. You know what I mean? He said he was cornball or what have you. Uh, and, and right now, <laughs> he's just been bouncing from job to job because he just called a brother out. You know, he just said, hey, RG Knee or RG3, how you want to call him? He called him a cornball brother. So, uh, but he's on the uh, Undisputed. Uh, he's the guy <laughs> that, you know, sometimes he say, no, ain't no way, no how, or something like that. That's his, uh, his famous statement right there. Marge, what's up? Appreciate you. Yes, we live like 95. Number 95, David Irvin. Yeah, he poo-poo right now. But shout out to David Irvin, though. <laughs> he part of the Cowboys experience. But appreciate David Irvin for, for being part of the mix. But we're going to listen to what Rob Parker had to say. But I saw bits and pieces of it, so I haven't seen the entire episode. I kind of turned it off when I was at work. Uh, he was talking about... Uh, he was talking about the fact that he would like for the Dallas Cowboys to lose out. And this should be the best thing for the Cowboys because if they lose out, then possibly, 
<laughs> they can get they can fire Jason Garrett, and then on top of that, they they don't have to pay uh, Dak Prescott, Dakota Rain Prescott, for like twenty five million and beyond, because then they can go out and get another quarterback and things like that. So that's his angle. That's his narrative. Let's listen to what he got to say. Okay. <laughs> and if you're a Cowboys fan, you want the Bucks to win. I, now, I listen, hear me out. This is what he's talking about. He's, hear me yes, out. <laughs> they had the little five-game win streak. You remember Troy Aikman about six weeks ago, seven, yeah. said this whole thing's a mess, got to be blown up, the organization's messed up, blah, 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 blah. Dysfunctional. Yeah. Dysfunctional. Yeah. Dysfunctional, yeah. They win those five games. And by the way, he was correct about that. Absolutely. Yes. And, and this is yes. what I'm saying. This is why, if you're a Cowboys yep. fan, you really don't want them to win oh, this appreciate week man. NFC East they division. You right. want them to lose the yeah, last two games, oh, not make the playoffs. No, but because yeah. you're fooling yourself if you think that this is all corrected because you'll be stuck with Jason Garrett, who you can't get rid of if he wins the division. Right. You have to sign Dak Prescott mm -hmm. to a big contract, which will be a bad contract the minute it's signed because here's another situation of True a guy – who's probably the brown skin Matt Stafford. You know what I mean? You, you just won't win. You won't win with him. Okay? <laughs> not, not the big game. And, oh, uh, buddy. And look at, look, hold on. Hold look on. At, hold on. <laughs> he about to get fired again. Are you going to fight it? Oh, this brother said, hey, Dak Prescott is the brown skin Matt Stafford. Now, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I saw Matt Stafford throw some rockets, man. So that's disrespectful to Matt Stafford. Now, trust me, I love Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott do not have the arm of Matt Stafford. But what he's talking about, I guess, talking about the win-loss margins, okay? Now, uh, we we have yet to see Matt Stafford uh, play on a level of just winning consistently. We have yet to see that since they took away Megatron and they went on the run without Megatron and they took away his tight end or what have you. That's all we see now is Matt Stafford. Barely winning games, okay? He's a turnover machine. But Matthew Stafford, he do got a nice, nasty arm, and he can't run with his legs at times. But he don't have that clutch factor. Yes, indeed. But appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation. Let's listen in to some more of what Rob Parker, I'm about to say Rob Peter, but let's listen in to what Rob Parker had to say. Appreciate you. I got to find somewhere else yes, to go on yes, Christmas. Do. But they scored three touchdowns in their last 12 quarters. It's not so... When you look uh, at Dak, nasty. I know they've won some games and some people numbers, felt though. good like they turned it around, but I still don't believe in him. And I think if you're a Cowboys fan and you honestly want your team mm -hmm. to one day win another championship, I'm just not convinced that guy is the guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I differ. Um, I picked the, uh, the Cowboys to win because they should win. Mm -hmm. The Bucks are dead last in red zone D. They're 27th in pass D. They're mm -hmm. dead last in turnovers, in forcing turnovers. The Cowboys, they're 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 they they're challenged scoring the football. They're right, the top right. three, top three in time of possession. So in other words, they possess the ball, but they don't really do anything with it. They don't put the ball into the end zone. And this is what I tried to tell Skip. Skip, like with time of possession, no, you want to put the ball in the end zone. Doesn't matter how right, much right, how right. often or, or how long you have the ball if you're not putting the ball in the end zone. Look, on paper, the Cowboys should win this game. Like Skip always tells me. You look at player for player, who you taking? Who you, I mean, you, you, but you know the NFL you, 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 oh, like so that. you want Jameis or you want Dak? 
Wow, Jameis is playing really. Do you yeah. want Jameis? I like Jameis when he came out. I endorsed him as the I don't like Jameis, man. Give and me by that. By the way, he's been playing for his Tampa Bay life for the last five weeks, and he's playing at a high level. It, Fifth in the ready. NFL in QBR. But Ooh. hold on. But your guy has finished third and fourth in QBR. Mm -hmm. So by that metric, you'd rather have Dak. Okay. Yeah, I would. Okay. I would. Zeke. I just like him right. making plays. Okay. Right. Zeke. Okay. Mm -hmm. You keep talking about Mike. Okay. Let's go to the receivers. Let's go to. Yes, appreciate you, David Alexander, for making the donation to Have Brother Nation. Really appreciate each and every last time you you uh, 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 make these donations over here. Let me see what you have to say over here. Whenever you guys make a donation, I leave the comment. I have to read. I have to stop what I'm doing and read this because that's what it is. This is what it's all about, right? Oh, yes, he did. But that was not cool. Rob Parker, really? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's talking about when he called the guy cornball, and then he also said that the Cowboys should. Cowboys fan base, do you guys agree with Rob Parker? Do you would rather for us to lose these last two games and then ultimately for us to fire Jason Garrett to not pay Dak Prescott and then to see where we can go from next year? I really want to know your thoughts. I really want to know your opinions on this whole entire deal. Ordeal. I really want to know where you guys are coming from. I want to know what part of the nation that you guys are part of, you know. So put that comment down in the comment section so I can really tap, I can really touch and tap into you guys' intellect. I just really want to know. Let me know down below, and I will try to read your comment right now. Let's see what we got. Uh, Calvin Williams, he just didn't say no. He said, hell no. I feel you on that. Burn Bar says no. Cowboys Nation, Daniel. Hey, appreciate you for tuning in, man. Really do. Rock and replenish. He says, hell no, too, as well. No, we fight, 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 fight. Because you can only imagine if the Giants had this type of defeative mentality. And when they went to the playoff for the last two times that they were into that thing. Not the last two, but the, the times that they went in in 2007. <laughs> they were playing against the mighty Dallas Cowboys. We was in Carbo. We was already we already won the Super Bowl. We was in Carbo. We was chilling. We was Camp Cupcake. We was just chilling, relaxing. We had uh, what's the guy? We had the, uh, the Tony Romo's of the worlds. We had the Jason Witten's of the worlds. We had the Bobby Carpenter's of the Car was Carpenter. Bobby Carpenter. Yeah, he was down there. He was just relaxing. Uh, T.O. was sitting there eating weights right then at that time, but we laid an egg. But the Giants, <laughs> they was like, look, we barely, fought, we barely fought our way into the playoff, and we was happy to get there. That was the Giants were thinking. And they, they, they laid the hammer on us, right? They came back, they played a sound game. One can argue that we lost that game because of our own uh, indecisions, I guess, decision-making. We lost that game. And we wasn't focused enough, right? Um, what's the guy? I hate to bring back these old news. Um, uh, Patrick Creighton drop. But if we really go back and watch that game, you know when that drop happened? I'm going to let Cowboys Nation say this. Do you guys know when that drop actually happened? It was the latter part of the third quarter. <laughs> And people are acting like, you know, that drop happened like one minute left in the game. You know, that drop happened in the latter part of the third quarter. <laughs> so we had ultimate time to come back and, and really represent for the Cowboy Nation. And then we already know what 2011, what happened with the Giants. They made it. You know, the playoff. 
Oh, David, what's up, man? Thank you for making the donation, man. He said, oh, hell no. I didn't come here all this way for the Cowboys to lose. Cowboys win 27 to 13. Bucks <laughs> against the Bucks. Cowboys, go Cowboys. And then he got the, the, the wolf uh, out there. You know, when you guys leave the wolf, man, I got to find this thing so that everybody can understand what I'm talking about. When you leave the wolf out there, I really got to pull this up. We got to pull this up. When you leave the wolf out there, hey, David, you already know what's about to come. <laughs> There's no mystery right now. We got to bring them wolves. Out yeah! <laughs> oh, they coming now. They coming now around the corner. Y'all better watch out. Let's listen to more of what they have to, to say. To Deshaun Jackson. You want him or Mari Cooper? Megatron. Yes, uh, wait, how about Mike Evans? Man. That'd be a wash, so to speak. Okay. That'd be, right? Offensive that's line. a 50-50. Offensive line. I don't know. Mine's battered. I don't even know if Zach Martin's going to play. I don't know if Xavier's going to okay. play. Okay, now we're going to go to the other side of the ball because this is where the Cowboys are loaded. Mm -hmm. Other than Gerald McCoy, I don't know if there's a player on your defense on the, on Tampa's defense that can start for your defense. Yeah, and yet my defense has not shown up really for the last two games. It didn't show up against Philadphia. Gave up 17 points at home in the fourth this? quarter. Yep. I do not love that. Well, and it just flat out no showed at Indy. Well, no showed. 178 yards rushing by the Colts. Well, that's, what, a, that's a no show. Oh. Well, <laughs> what happened is is that your offense put your defense on a short field. There you, you go, Shannon. Control. Are we going to talk about those turnovers that Dak had mm. that put the Carolina that put their defense back on the field in uh, Philly? You mean? No, at home against Philly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got you. Okay. He didn't really turn the ball over. He threw one off Blake Jarwin's hands when the game was out of hand. Oh yeah, you were talking about Andy. No, no, happen. we're not talking about that. But skip. But think <sighs> about it. Now they only gave up. <laughs> 13 points. They gave up 10 points to, to the Saints. Mm -hmm. they, this is a very good defense. It can yes. be. But Tampa is... Uh, uh, hold, hold on, man. Skip. <laughs> Skip. I'm going to talk to him, man. Let me talk to him subconsciously. Look, this is the thing. This is not can be a, de a good defense. This defense has shown that it's able to perform well. But when you're giving your quarterback, I guess the opposing quarterback, the average field positioning, right at the 50, close to their 40. Come on now. Come on now. This defense is good. And, and, and this is one of those levels of defense that you can really say great in certain aspects. But when you happen to have a, a short field, only 44 yards to go to punch it in, come on now. What you want this defense to do? <laughs> come on. I, I do not agree with Skip Bayless what he's saying about this defense, but it is what it is. Hey, let me know down below. Do you guys feel the same? Is this defense fickle? Is this defense not the real deal, Holyfield? Let me know. Let me know if you guys believe in Skip, what he's saying. <laughs> Outgunned, and the Cowboys should win this game. And I, I think I had to score 24-14. So no, I'm you said 10, 24-10. You added a 14 point. Yeah, oh, I meant I mean the 14 yeah. okay. points. I did you win 24 the game? 24-10. Yeah. 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 Okay, we got you marked down. So, <clears throat> earlier in the show, I told <laughs> Mr. Sharp sitting across from me that I do not love my team's chances in this game. But my scenario is very different than yours because I love my quarterback and I love my running back and I love my new receiver. Your coach and, too? And I do not love my coach. Okay, I'm just asking. Why my running back was in the football game at Indy with four minutes left down 23 to nothing, carrying the football, to, to going nowhere fast. 
Why are you doing that? Why are you using him up? He should have been fired on the spot, and then maybe heavens would have opened and be a new day. Well, what, right? he, was, what he was trying Let to Chris do. Chris Richard take over. How about this, Skip? He wanted to get Zeke some extra carries, so therefore they win next week. He could rest and Zeke win the Russian title. Mm. <laughs> but you also a chance that he could get hurt out there. Yeah, I don't, I don't love the, the, the risk-reward. Oh, I, I totally yeah. agree. Okay. So... I cannot defend 23 to nothing because it's it's a bad sign this late in the year. I know why it happened because they went up there thinking, we got a two-game lead. We got Philly having to go play the Rams. That's going to be a wipeout. We got Josh Johnson, quarterback in the Redskins, going to Jacksonville. It's going to be a wipeout. And you know what happened? The wipeout really occurred up in Indy. And I just don't love them trying to get their momentum back against a Jameis and company that have competed at a high level for four straight games. They have been in every game. They had New Orleans down 14 to 11 going to the fourth quarter. True that, true they have not given up. They just keep battling. And again, I don't <coughs> love their coach. I don't love their GM. I don't love where they're heading. But they have an opportunity late in the year to go do something that will matter. And I do think Jameis, he's not only playing for his Tampa life, he's playing for his NFL life right now. Because if they dump him, is he going to be anything more than a backup somewhere else? I'm not sure he's going to get a shot if they cut him. I know he ain't getting $21 million. Well, that's, because that's, what, that's what his option is if they pick okay. it up and he comes back so next year. I've had this queasy feeling all week long, just that I had a good feeling going into the New Orleans game, that they're going to blow this game Ooh. because they've lost momentum. Change they've they've lost oh, their way a little God. bit where you can't quite get it back against a team that is Let's game. And again, yeah. Deshaun Jackson leads the NFL in yards per catch, and Mike Evans is now second in the NFL in yards per catch. You want to talk about yeah. dangerous? They can put up points. I think a little maybe more points than you're talking about in your score. Okay. But my storybook scenario is – you blow this game, and all of a sudden, you still have one last shot at the Giants. Division rivalry, and the Giants would love this opportunity to salvage their season with one big upset, spoiler alert, here we come game, with Odell finally playing a game. I don't even know if he's going to play this week or not, but he'd play all that right. game. And maybe Eli would think I can be fourth quarter Eli, I can be playoff Eli. And I would love my quarterback in this game at the Giants. And I would love the, if, if just when everybody thought that they had fallen completely on their faces as they have been wont to do in their history, for them to bounce back. So Skip Bailey's rationale is for the Cowboys to lose this weekend. For us not to wear our, our, our uh, NFC East, king of the NFC East hats and our shirts, what have you. But for him to actually lose this game and then for us to go up there into the Meadowlands to ultimately go up there to win, let me know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we'll see how that all unfolds. Let me know how you guys think. Back and have a convincing win at the Giants to win the division would be perfect. And it would springboard them right into a home playoff game the next week, which would springboard too. them into an away game that would be very dangerous stop it, stop for it. the home no, team. No, 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 yep, stop, I would stop. love my team. Springboard them into a loss. They lose and, it. And if, they, if they lose to Tampa, I think they would lose to the Giants. No, I do I, not. I, really I would still. love it. I would love it. I think it. they would lose. I would win more dinners from you because you're, you're about to be down <laughs> two because you got the Patriots missing the playoffs. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. But so I got means. one dinner down, right? You're, you're about to be more. two down, yep. So here's the point. 
There was one aberration game, one bizarre blowout featuring my Dallas Cowboys this year, and I can't explain it except with one stat, and it was 40-7 right. over Jacksonville at home in week six. How can you explain that, Rob? Mm. Guess what my quarterback, who you say can't play, what, what did he do in that game? He had a career-high 11 rushes for right. a career-high 82 yards. In, in the beginning of the game, on the, the is actually the second big drive of the game, they drove the ball all day long on a Jacksonville defense that came in number one in yards allowed in the NFL through the first five weeks of the season. Dak Prescott scored the first touchdown of the game with his legs from 17 yards out, and then yeah, he ran them off the about. field. Guess what he did at Indy? He had zero carries for zero yards. Mm -hmm. What are you doing, Scott Linehan? The Scott secret Linehan. to the DAC oh. attack is you have to feature him occasionally. Zone read, quarterback draw, roll out with there one pass go. option. Now Let him talking. run because he can run. He can take the pounding. He's 6'2", I, I think he's 250. You think he's 245. I think he's 245. Well, I'm going to give him 240, okay? okay? How about this guy? He, he yeah. can really drive the ball, as in drive it down your throats yeah. with his legs. You didn't mention anything about Scott Linehan and his play calling in the fourth <laughs> and in overtime against Philly. And Dak Prescott didn't run. You didn't mention anything about Scott Linehan play calling and Dak Prescott didn't run when they beat New Orleans. It's mm -hmm. only if they lose. And Dak lays an egg. Huh. He's got to run more. What he do those Shannon coming into the Dallas that game? The facts they say. were down to a third stringer at almost every at three of the four positions in the defensive back. Correct. Am I right? Yes. Except for the safety. And and other than that, he threw a big home party. He went yeah. 17 of 20 for 243 and three touchdowns in the fourth quarter in overtime. Which. Come on now, come on. So with that being said, guys, hey, it is what it is at this point. I'm going to try to find a little clip. You guys, if you guys know any clip, put it down in the comment section or, or just put the title down and I can find that clip and we can go over and discuss that thing too as well. So this is the thing. When we're talking about Dak Prescott, his running ability. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to have to get used to this new pop-up thing. But uh, this is the thing. With his running ability, uh, and also to be able to create space on his own when you're talking about Dak Prescott with his legs. I ain't talking about his arm because we already know what his limitations are with his arm. And I'm not trying to say that he can't throw the, he can, he can throw the deep ball down the field. The deep outpost is maybe that's the problem that he's having issues with. And you can coach that thing up, trust me, I know, with a long, winding quarterback. Uh, incognito said Dak Prescott weighed is 230. I'm telling you, this guy is phenomenal with the stats, man. Really appreciate it. He said, maybe Rob Parker is, ha is hanging out with Josh Gordon. <laughs> uh, shout out to Josh Gordon, though. I ain't going to throw salt at Josh Gordon. I, I really think that right now that Josh Gordon is in the best place that he need to be. And that's away from the NFL. And that's where he can self-medicate and self-do his thing. I think that the NFL is dated in a sense. They need to figure out a way to change up those rules and stop trying to be so PC and make this thing happen. There are states out there in these uh, in this United States of, of America that's, that's allowing this particular usage of a plant to be used. Because I, I can only imagine if somebody say, look, law, you can't have collard greens, man. You know, you can't have your cabbage. And that's something that's grown out of the ground. So uh, to me personally, 
whatever his elements are, I'm not saying that, that that's one of the causes or the reason why he's not playing in the NFL. Everybody's born from different uh, cloths of the worlds, and everybody didn't grow up in the same household. So we all have our demons, you know. I love Hennessy. Can you imagine if my job said, hey, Lalo, you can't have hand dog. Damn, this is going to be a hard decision for me to make. But I'm going to stop drinking that hand, though. <laughs> Appreciate you, though. Uh, Witcher, thank you for tuning in to the nation. Yes, this is Law Nation's Network. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget, I won't be on Roku as well. So we everywhere. <laughs> David Alexander said Rob Parker, too. Yes, yes, indeed. Law, top two Cowboys broadcasting. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. All right, so we're going to find a little another something that we can pull up. And see what the masses were talking about. Andrew Castillo. Man, Andrew Castillo, man, you've been with me for a long time, man. Appreciate you for coming in uh, to the show and, and bringing your insights and your thoughts. Man, during the uh, draft time, Castillo was everywhere, man. He was like, hey, look up this player. Look up that player. And I was looking him up and uh, doing my film sessions on those guys. Like, hey, thank you for tuning in to the Long Nation Film Session. As we take a deeper look at Cedric Wilson, first and foremost, he's six foot, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was really getting into that stuff. Play calling is trash is from James. Hey, I, I agree. I really do agree. Play calling sometimes. Whoa, man, who, this, who, who we got over here? David, what's up, man? Appreciate you, man. Thank you for making the donation. Oh, no, got to have the hen. Yes, I do. I got to have the hen. I'm out of it now. I got to go get some. So, with that donation to help grow the nation, I will be able to uh, get the libations that I need, right, uh, to help the nation, right? So, <laughs> all right, so what are the topics that they were talking about today? I'm looking for some out there that people was talking about. Oh, oh, I know. I know that I need to pull up right now. I need to listen. I'm talking about listening to what? Uh, Stephen A. Smith had to say. Let's see what Stephen A. Smith had to say about, um, what was it, Darren Woodson? What was Darren Woodson? Let me type this in. Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. Matter of fact, while I'm doing that, I want you guys to get out your feet. Let's do this thing. Let's do this this way. Yeah! Marathon, baby. While I look up this thing, you guys already know. Yeah. that question to to Let's listen to what they the staff say. of what the Dallas Cowboys and not just the staff but some of the players around them and, and you know my whole point was my, before I uh, began to uh, pull up this little excerpt about Darren Woodson uh, my thing is I he, he deserved a gold jacket Brian Dawkins was able to get into the uh, uh, Hall of Fame 
I think that Darren Wilson should be able to get into the Hall of Fame. Now, when you, when you look at Brian Dawkins' uh, stat charts or what have you, you can see with your natural eyes that Brian Dawkins, his ability, man, boy, David Alexander the Great, really appreciate you for tuning in to the nation, man. Really thank you for your adulations and your dedication for this thing to help grow this platform. Man, right now, around this time, next year, I should be able to, with all your donation, I should be able to do my broadcast right at ESPN uh, front door and be like, look, ESPN, Law Nation is talking now. Bring out Stephen A. Smith with all his forehead power, and I'll be able to shut him up and shut him down because he know he's not ready to hear the facts. But whatever it may be, you guys know. Everybody know that right now that Darren Woodson moving over to Darren Woodson, he needs a yellow jacket. My, my fact, my, I'm sorry. He needs a gold jacket. Him and uh, my guy, the original 88, Drew Pearson. We need to start a petition. I'm really, I'm really, for those who know how to do that, let me know. Hit me up. Let me know. And I'll put the petition out on the website on um on Twitter and Instagram, we can start this thing because you cannot mention Hail Mary without Drew Pearson, right? He was part of that play. And then on top of that, three-time Super Bowl champion, Darren Woodson, he belongs in that in that thing, right? He belongs in there. <laughs> he just belongs. I know a lot of people is going to sit, look at the stats and say, well, his number's not there. But you got to understand, he was a tweener in between because at the time, when he was playing safety, they wasn't requiring the things that they wanted as far as those interceptions and things like that. And then on top of that, the guy was moved around from strong ends, <laughs> strong safety and as well as the, uh, the free safety. So I believe that he belongs right in the Hall of Fame. He needs a gold jacket. Appreciate you, man. I thank you for making the donation to help grow the nation, man. It really means a lot. But let me just listen in to what they have to say. You know, Dak has some warts, you know, as far as throwing the ball, passing the ball, and, and being a pocket passer. I've always felt like there's been some limitations, and I felt like, you know, for the longest time, Tony Romo, you know, if let's call it what it is, is a better passer in the pocket than Dak. And I said to those guys, I asked, I posed that question. You know, hey, listen, you know, Tony's a better quarterback, and, yeah. and has been. And I, you know, I played with Tony. I know how good he is as a football player. And these same same people that I've been talking to within this organization say, yes. Tony probably was the better quarterback at the position, but there is something about the intangibles that Dak Prescott has. There's something about the leadership. There's something about the it factor that he has as compared to Tony. And, and, it's, and it's totally different, and it's something that we truly believe in. And these are questions I've asked not only to some... Look, look, guys. I've been saying, I've been yelling intangibles enough for a lot of people to say, hey, Law, can you stop saying intangibles? Dak Prescott is still trash. He can't hit water if he fell off a boat. He's just not that guy. Can you just give it up? And I'm sitting here saying to myself, when we look at the body work of Tony Romo, and I said this on my Instagram, Tony Romo first starting out, he was on the bench for three years. He had the chance and the ability to learn and to be and to be done study under, um, I, I guess you can say, Bill Parcells. You could say Sean Payton. Sean Payton is not no slop out there. And then on top of that, he had Drew Bledsoe, who was able to elevate his game in certain factors. Of course, of course, Drew Bledsoe didn't want to share any snaps with him. Of course. That Drew Bledsoe, of all people, right? He was an accurate quarterback. You know, 
passer of the ball, just had a natural touch or what have you, but was washed up a little bit and Dallas Cowboys was reaching. We needed a quarterback. We was like, look, any grace of a quarterback that could replace uh, the guys that we had in our lineup would be a plus. <laughs> and we won a few games for Drew Bledsoe, but he was just a statue out there. He couldn't roll out. He couldn't move or nothing. He was a statue in his pocket, right? But Tony Romo, as, as Darren Wilson would say, he was a better passer of the ball. But this is the thing that I have to bring home to a lot of people, and I know this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, but I cannot give you guys the real deal Holyfield by being fake and phony with you guys. Tony Romo was a cornball. I'm just going to have to say that. I can say that because no, no ESPN going to fire me because I don't work for ESPN. Tony Romo was a cornball for his first two years or three years or what have you. He was a jokester. He didn't have the mindset that he have as of today, right? He was the guy that played around with a lot of things. But Tony Romo was a better thrower of the ball than anything. One can argue the fact that when Tony Romo was out there on the field, and he can throw the ball, yes, but nobody listened to him. Nobody, because he wasn't the guy that we see as of today. Just, just, just wasn't that guy. He wasn't the workout warrior. He wasn't the guy to say, okay, I can do 100 push-ups. I can out-push-up you, or I can out-bench-press you. No, he was not that guy, and he would never be that guy. He was not the guy to say, hey, I'm going to go on a cow diet. I'm going to make sure that I got the ripped-up abs and things like that. It took a minute for Tony Romo to become a leader. If you guys can go back, trust me, if you guys can go back to 2005, 2006, I know he didn't start in 2006, 2007, 2008. They was always questioning, who is the leader of the Dallas Cowboys? Who is the leader? And Tony Romo could never be the leader because if they had the other guys who had better, different type of personalities. And I'm talking about the the uh the tos of the world right at one point somebody was saying brady james of all people he's the leader of this defense and we already know what brady james uh, uh temperament was right and then on top of that it took time 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 and not until 2010 that romo became the quote unquote the leader of the locker room and that's just the bottom line. He was leader of the locker room in 2010 because they had to usher out the old people and usher in the new people, meaning that he became the leader of the Dak Prescott's. What Dak Prescott is doing, he became the leader of the uh, Dez Bryant's of the world. He became the leader of the DeMarco Murray's of the world. He became more vocal and telling the offensive line, no, you snapped the ball better at this point. That's when he became the leader of this particular team. Guys, remember, go back and watch some film and tape. You can see that he was not never the leader at those times. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what, what Romo did was he worked on his craft every day. If you go back and look at his documentary, he said that, hey, I used to come home from a long day of practice. And I used to take that football and throw it in between the couch, throw it in between the couch, trying to work on my craft. I used to reach out to Tom Brady. I used to reach out to Aaron Rodgers of the world. And I used to say, hey, how can I become better in my craft? And then what we got with Dyke Prescott, <laughs> and we always say this in the brotherhood right here. We say, hey, brother, you got to fake it till you make it. Now, Dak Prescott, he's very charismatic. Not saying that Tony Romo is not because he's charismatic too. But Dak Prescott is charismatic in a sense where he got the education of saying, okay, in college, <laughs> I'm going to have to take the leadership development classes. 
I wielded my team from Mississippi State. I, me being from Mississippi, I trust me, I know firsthand that Mississippi State was trash, right? But it just so happened that the team that Dak Prescott was on, you know, you got Fletcher Cox. <laughs> yeah, Fletcher Cox of the world. You got Darius Slay out there. You got Preston Smith, Smith out there. I'm just messing up everybody's name. You got Preston Smith out there. You got Dak Prescott. You got this team, this young team. Saying, who are these guys that's elevating everybody that's out here? This young quarterback that's out here. Who is this guy? <laughs> Although they graduated and moved on. But what you had here is a guy that had the intangibles. Yes, he can't throw the ball like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott can't throw the ball like Tony Romo. No, Dak Prescott can't throw the ball like Brett Favre. He would never be. But his skill set, his leadership was just par, up to par. It's just what it is. But Tony Romo, we had all the questionings. Like, the guy was so gifted in basketball. He was gifted in golf. He had all these things going on. And then he was a likable, lovable guy that Jessica Simpsons of the worlds and Carrie Underwoods, or whoever it may be. They said, oh, I love Tony. I want to date Tony. Will you marry me, Tony? So he had all that going on. <laughs> so that's why the team, collectively, the people, they're seeing with their eyes and said, that, okay, this Dak Prescott, kid he's focused he's not out there trying to chase the jessica simpsons of the world he's not out there trying to trying to address the carrie underwoods of the world he's out there already telling hey Dez Bryant, you got to cut up your route this is his rookie year you got to cut your route off and turn up field just a little bit quicker <laughs> we saw those little small intangibles that's so that's what the people are saying this upstairs <laughs> but it is what it is but let's listen to more what Darren Woodson have to say. And guys, don't give me hate mail. Let me know if I'm wrong. You can put that down in the comment section. But remember this one thing. Those convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. So just because we have different thoughts and different, um, I guess, mechanics going on in our mind doesn't mean that you have to hate me. You just say, hey, to yourself, hey, I just disagree, Law. You know what? You're wrong on this matter. Tony Romo always been a leader. It's just that he just didn't have the vocal part and then, you know, all that stuff, you know. But this Dak Prescott, he's becoming a workout warrior, getting wars and stuff like that during the offseason. And what they're saying is they're looking at that side of the spectrum. But let's listen in to more what Darren Wilson have to say. Thank you for tuning in again, David Alexander, for making the donation. He said, <clears throat> Ricky Romo has three years to learn, and rookie Dak was thrown into the fire, basically. And, yes, he, <laughs> it is what it is. There's nothing to compare against, you know. Um, it, it is what it is at that point. And that's the most profound statement. Yes, thank you for you guys know how this thing goes. <laughs> you know, put that wolf out there. I got to make sure we got them guys out there barking. <laughs> Some of the players within that organization, but I'm talking about the staff. And when you really want to know about a guy, you ask the, the training staff, you ask the equipment guys, you ask the people within that organization, the ownership about, about you know, you ask them the, those questions. They'll tell you the same thing over and over again. Yeah, mm. he has, Dak Prescott has these warts, but there's something about this kid that we truly truly believe in he is a leader of men and leader we will get to the promised land with him and and again hey i was on the opposite well, side i was truly on the opposite side of romo was the better quarterback and this is the feedback that i've got well max and and, and darren and, and work with me on this because i want to tell y'all a little story Stephen a. Smith last year <clears throat> afc night before the afc championship game uh right robert Kraft, the owner for the new england patriots invited me to the afc championship 
party. Okay. Wasn't any of the players there, anything like that. Just him and you know a bunch of folks that were there. Tony Romo was there with the great Jim Nance and others. And talking with Tony Romo for the first time in my life, I mean, I got to tell you, his his personality was electric, um, yep. fun loving, mm-hmm. really nice guy. The yes. whole bit, it, you know that that's that's the deal. I throw that story out because I think it's important to recognize, Darren, what you just said. People are looking at Tony Romo as, you know, this guy that's a nice guy, whatever, and with Dak you see a leader of men. I can believe that. But here's where I think it's important to point out. Dak gives you the impression that he's there, he's about his business, and the team itself, he prides himself on being that leader, assigned to galvanize the troops and maximize whatever potential exists out there for us to go out and grab whatever we're after. No doubt, no doubt. Tony Romo is a guy that comes across as a very nice guy, mm-hmm. but obviously has his select clique that he vibes with, and that's about it. I could see how somebody could jump to that conclusion. Something Having said all of that, okay. that is the only excuse <laughs> that anybody can have to me to tell me that Dak, we believe in Dak more than we believe in Romo. Because as much as I like Dak, and as much as I want Dak to get paid, and as much as I want him to be successful, even though I don't wish successful for them nauseating Cowboy fans, the bottom line is... Let me stop the forehead power. Look, 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 look. He said it comes across. We understand that Romo click base. I'm from a small town, and Romo from a small town. And we can, we can all agree... When you're from a small town, naturally, you try to find a group of people that you can lean on and trust. And you got a lot of trust when you're from a small town. Give you an example. Uh, I had an uncle who ran a little small little shop, right? A lot of times, you can, in a small town, you can go into that little shop and say, hey, I want to buy these annihilators. I'm just going to just use that as an example. I don't have any money. I don't have no cash, but I get paid Friday. What do small town people do? Say, no worries. Write your name on this sheet of paper. I know when you get paid, just hit me up then. You see what I'm saying? But when you're from a big town, when you're from a big, big city, not saying that Dak Prescott is from a big, big city. I think he's from Louisiana. He's from a small town, too. But he grew up in a different type of environment that that, that uh, Tony Romo did. But I'm just using this as an analogy. Uh Sometimes when you're from a small town, you begin to try to find people that you can trust. Now, Tony Romo, he trusted. He 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 put all his trust in, 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 in uh, and I got to say that Jason Witten. He put all his trust in Jason Witten, basically. So it was Tony Romo, Jason Witten. Those guys wasn't like this. They were more so like this. They was close. <laughs> Them brothers were close, man. So... That was his deal, you know. And then on top of that, with the tor- <laughs> I can't say this much more, but with the T.O. and the beef that T.O. had with uh, Jason Witten, you know, Jason Witten beef with T.O. and T.O. And, and Tony Romo, things like that, yes, that can be looked at, at, at as, as it relates to being beef, but no, it's just that that relationship was so strong that nobody could separate that. And Tony Romo, what I tell everybody out there, when I'm doing a film session, film breakdown, is that this was the deal. That a quarterback best friend will always be the tight end, trusting the pocket, going back to your progressions. When you see that nobody else open, I know for sure I can hit this guy that's six foot five. <laughs> As a young quarterback, you got to have that. 
Could I mention Brent Jones for Steve Young? Could I mention Jay Novacek for Troy Aikman? Although Jay Novacek was traded to the Cowboys, he came from the Arizona Cardinals at that time, but whatever St. Louis Cardinals, whatever the team was, Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman to Jay Novacek was fantastic. Last year, we can just bring home to the uh, Ertz and Nick Foles. You know, we can go on and on with the tight end, that, that middle of the field. Guys, let me show you. Let me just tell you guys before we hit this play button on the on the rest of Stephen A. Smith little talk. Let me talk football for you. Can, are you guys really, really willing to listen to some football? When Ezekiel Elliott, when when they get into the money zone, green zone, red zone, when Ezekiel Elliott is he the focal point of this offense? What who normally covers? The running back. Who normally crashes upfield to tackle the running back? I, I'm just going to let that sit for a second so you guys can answer that question. A matter of fact, I'm going to put some cheat notes out there. Is it the safety or is it the linebacker? I'm going to sit and wait. I'm going to wait for somebody to respond before I give that answer out. Uh, when, 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 when the uh, running back is crashing, when the running back is going out and running his play, who is the normal guy to crash upfield? Oh, Calvin Williamson, man, appreciate you for making a donation to help grow the nation, man. I really appreciate each and every last dollar that you have out here to help this thing grow. Really do. All right, so uh, let me see what you have. <laughs> Got to head off to work, law. Appreciate all what you do. Appreciate you, Calvin Williamson. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Y'all put that down in the comment box. Who is really sucked in uh, when you try when you try to utilize the running back in the backfield? Yes, always lady said always hit that like button. Appreciate you. Yeah, hit that like button. Yeah. Jamal Burton says the safety. Hmm, try again. All right, so uh, yes, yes, yes. Amateur, he says the linebacker. The linebackers are always responsible for chasing and running after the, after the, the running back. I know I'm a little cross for words, but trust me, I need to go get some water. I should have had my water bottle over here. But hey, the linebacker is always the person that's going to chase out the, the running back. So when you do the play action plays, when you do not have the trust factor with the tight end, look, normally the safety is over the top. The safety is not going to be underneath. The linebackers are, are underneath. And when you do this, when you suck in that running back, when you do the run back action with the Ezekiel Elliott, it's the linebacker. It's the linebacker responsibility to say, oh, snap, the quarterback still got the ball. I got to turn my hips and get back on the field and watch this tight end. Reason why I went to this long little soliloquy is because the problem is with this Cowboys offense, especially when you get into the money zone, they don't target a tight end well. <laughs> they do not target a tight end well. When Ezekiel Elliott, he should be a multi-threat. When he's into that money zone, green zone, and you have a tight end, they can really dominate against the safety. And the linebackers are already cheating to tackle the Ezekiel Elliott. That should be a nice money grab for the quarterback. But I do not see that chemistry. I do not see enough plays drawn up into the red zone, money zone, green zone to the tight end. That's why the tight end always will be the threat, the number one threat to the opposing team and the best friend. To the, to the quarterback. That's just the, that's just the actuality of everything. If we have an explosive tight end, Rico gathers of the worlds, and I can say the, the Schultz guy, he's stepping it up and, and also Jarwin. He's doing a great job 
but they need to step it up a little bit better to help out Ezekiel Elliott and also to help out Dak Prescott. But you can't have three. You have three, you have none. So they need to figure out out of those three guys who are pretty much after the, after the four, because you got Swain too, is who's the go-to guy? Who should be the best friend for Dak Prescott? <laughs> They need to figure that out, but let's listen in to some more of what Stephen A. had to say. Is Dak Prescott, from a talent perspective, from a throwing, a passive perspective, is not better than Tony Romo. Absolutely right. not. He's right. not well, better than Tony Romo. I agree. Look, this is totally something right. that, that Bill James, the godfather of sabermetrics, uh, talked about in, uh, or wrote about in the Historical Baseball Abstract Volume 1, I believe it was, guys, in the mid-'80s. He called it the BS dump. You know, wherever we want to kind of – put our subjective feelings about someone when we want to ignore what you know the numbers say for example we just claim we assert it and he, someone gives us this feeling and we give someone credit for it so you have to be careful I think Darren with this kind of stuff um, generally however right. sometimes that stuff applies and Stephen A I gotta say the, the players that Darren talked to I get it I get I get the same feeling from Dak and let while we're playing armchair a psychologist here let me just say I think the difference is this is just maybe it's my BS dump as a media guy with some distance from this Tony Romo always looked to me like a guy and he's a great broadcaster like a guy with an ego that was big enough to play quarterback but the story was about him if that meant the game-winning touchdown drive or pass that's all right if that meant not holding the snap so he has to try to run it in and they wind right. up losing the game. I'm not saying it's a conscious thing. I mean, this is his personality. That's right, the way right. it was going to be. Dak strikes me as the kind of guy who, with the fate of the universe on the line, <laughs> will get it done. Every other moment up to then, you'd rather have Tony Romo. But with the fate of the universe on the line, Dak's got that thing about him. And, 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 and to me, it appeared obvious from before his first official game, still in the preseason of his rookie year. I'm willing to acknowledge that that may all just be my own kind of gut nonsense. But I understand, Darren, when you made that comment, I understood what you meant and what the people you talked to meant. Yeah, hey, listen, and, and That's good stuff. I was there when Tony Romo came into the league his first year. And Talk we had to three me, quarterbacks on the roster. Tony Romo comes in, gets drafted, mm -hmm. and he's, he walks in the locker room the first day. He's the best quarterback on the field. Listen. Period. He's yes. the best quarterback on the field his first day he steps in as a rookie. And yep. I've always been, and you guys know me, you guys used to call me his uh, defense attorney <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Every yes, time he made a bad play, I'd be defending him. You guys would, you know, come at me and all that. Me I've too. always felt Tony Romo was one of the best pure passers in, in the league. The and I've always felt yes. like they had a chance to win with Tony Romo. And that's the way I came about it. But when I, when I asked the question, I posed those questions to those within that organization. They said, yeah, Tony's a great passer, was a great quarterback. But this kid, number four, this Dak Prescott kid, is going to lead us to the promised land because they have faith and they believe oh, in well, him. And that, said, and that says a lot to, to a guy well, that when I watch him play and I say, well, there's a lot of warts. Let me, let, with let Dak, me tell but you. He's a leader of men. You let me tell you. Uh, let's 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 I give him credit where credit is due because Dak does come across as a leader of men. But let's just pump the brakes just a touch. No. <laughs> He said, let's bump the brakes just a touch. So let me know if you guys agree with Stephen A. Smith. Do 
you pump the brakes and say, hey, wait a minute, he's not really a leader of man, he's just a guy that was a leader of opportunity, and he took advantages of those opportunities when we're granted. Let me know. We want to keep this thing fair and balanced. I don't want to be all side of saying, saying okay, Dak Prescott is the best thing since sliced bread. And I don't want everybody to say Dak Prescott is trash. I want everybody to bring their opinions and their collective thoughts together so we can really, so we can really uh, uh, listen and see what all needs to be done. So anybody else got any clips out there that we need to go over and discuss before we get things going on another topic? Uh, shout out to you, Virginia Fighters. Appreciate you really for tuning in. Stephen A. Smith deserves to uh, <laughs> get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Where are you, D-Law? <laughs> oh man, I don't want to hear. I want to see no violence, non-violence, non-violence, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see Stephen A. Smith get punched in the mouth. <clears throat> no, Mitch Beasley will come to through. <clears throat> this is always late. Appreciate you for tuning in. Let's see what we can get crunk right quick.
right, so I appreciate everybody for letting me uh, grab me some H2O before I uh, get ready to get this thing going for another deal. Hey, Mike Nonsense, what's up? Shout out to you. Thanks for tuning in to the thing. Uh, Deion Sanders got the strong arm, the strong arms right here. Yes, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Don't sleep on Beasley. That's what all a, always a lady says. Hey, I, I'm saying to myself, <clears throat> Beasley still got a lot, <laughs> and I'm talking about a lot left into his arsenal. It's just that right now, this is not his year for right now. <laughs> but we will see. We shall soon see uh, what he can do around the corner, especially against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. I appreciate you, uh, David Alexander. He said, start petition Stephen A. Smith membership with a hair club for men. Cover his forehead <laughs> or five head. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but shout out to Stephen A. Smith, though. Uh, <clears throat> Stream Lab, appreciate you for David Alexander. Uh, just super chatted. Yes, he did. Uh, and and uh, also, uh, Incognito, Law Nation needs to make you a moderator. <laughs> yes, man. I don't, I don't want to put David into work, man. He's doing a great job right now for what he's doing out there. Really appreciate you for spreading the word, though. Uh, rage, Rage, what's good? Appreciate you. All right, so what we need to do now is I'm going to switch over to uh, 105.3, the fan. Uh, they had some uh, some great topics with Desmond Bryant. We already know what he brought to the table. Uh, I want to bring up some talking points about Des Bryant. Really do. Let me know what you guys thought, what he's had to say uh, uh, about certain factors of the game and, and, and certain things that he brought up as far as his, um, I guess, uh, what happened in 2014. I know, I know he do, he do not play for this team currently, but he brought up some extra, extra, extra uh, information out there, and I really want to pull them up so that we can talk on those factors. Really appreciate everybody for understanding that um, we got Mass chaos yes. after it all. Yes, indeed. So we're going to pull up their podcast, and one of the things that, that I would like for everybody to do is uh, – if you're part of the, uh, I guess, let me just say this, 105.3 The Fan, they are like, they're like glued into what everything has to say as far as the Dallas Cowboys, right? They are always on point with all the informations and all of the stuff out there. Let me see what I can pull up uh, so far with Dez Bryant. Let's listen to what they have to say. And I really appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, like I said, go follow 105.3 The Fan. They got a wonderful Twitter page, too. And then also they got wonderful information as it relates to just Cowboys in general. But let's talk about this. Let's, let's listen in to what they got to say. I hope it's not the fear. Mike has fun. The fear of missing. On Twitter, and of course, everybody's waiting to hear what, whatever you're talking about. And you're, uh -huh. you're talking about a new business. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about taking, uh, you're taking five people. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hand them $10,000 of cash each. That's right. How does that work? Man, you know, um, you know, me and my team came up with it. And um, I think, I think the personal, this, corner, uh, this um, personal corner idea is extremely amazing. What I want to do is uh, I want to plug grand. in um, one of my engineers. And I'm going to let him go over briefly first. And then I'm going to piggyback off of him. Because if you guys haven't built your genies yet, please go. I think guys embrace that. You know, the situations. The situation I was telling you, did you and Jay Z text a lot? Yeah, we, you know, we do. Oh, My body, right, to, to play. And 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sacrifice doing this. You know, I almost didn't play football. You know, Jay Z had to text me. Jay Z had to text down in New Orleans. <laughs> really, really? Okay, tell us that story. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, I had my agent. You know, my agent blowing me up. I know she was super mad at me. I won't return none of phone calls. This team, this team, this team. Hey, I'm okay. You know, let me relax a little bit. I got some stuff that I'm working on. You know, and um, I was like, you know what? You know, Jay was like, you can do both. He said, why can't you do both? I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, I can do both. But, you know, I really wanted to take time because I didn't like how it happened. I just, I felt like I needed that full year to get my, you know, to get my body right to, to play at the level that I wanted to play at. You know, and I felt like I didn't have that, the, the, the proper time that I needed. You know, and, um, you know. It is what it is. I'm excited about it right now. I'll we're tell gonna, you that. Uh, we're in a second. We're going to take a break so we can get the engineer on mm-hmm. the phone. But I, I'm I'm very interested in this. Mm-hmm. This is really exciting to me because, you know, as everyone's on the outside speculating, well, what's Des uh-huh. going to do do next and all this stuff? Uh-huh. Is you know, Ben and I have been in this business a while, so you know, we've seen players that have either retired or whatever, and they uh-huh. get involved in these businesses. Like if you see what Kobe's involved in now, uh-huh. it's like more important to him than his playing days, right? Uh-huh. Because he's passionate person and so we bumped into a mutual friend of all of ours in LA during training camp uh-huh. and we we're like where's Dez gonna play where's he gonna play and the first thing out of his mouth is man Dez has got this thing going on that he's so excited about and now that we're seeing and I'm really more excited about it than I could have been seeing your passion about it uh-huh. but what what was that I know you're, you're thinking about this and I was trying to get you a play but what is that first thought when you look down at your phone and it's Jay-Z telling you do, do you and Jay-Z text a lot yeah we you know we do we okay text, we text Jay-Z quite so it's not like uncommon for to look down in Jay Z's going, "Hey, Des, you need to go do this." Nah, not you, at all. What do you, have you ever given Jay Z any advice? Um, no, not, <laughs> no, I haven't. You know, um, we we have normal conversations. Yeah, you know about normal things. Right. Yeah. God, that's all. That's so great. Just look down and Jay Z's like, "Why don't you do both?" You're like, "All right, I'm going to New Orleans. That's great." Well, you know, the first time he told me that was the concert. Oh, right. um, at the AT&T Stadium. Oh, know, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I was like, you know, I kind of brushed it off a little bit, then then answered it. I was like, you know, I'm not playing football right now. You know, we can stop talking, you know. Right. Yeah. That was kind of my attitude. And, um, you know, I was like, you know what? I still got a lot of game left, you know. So it's not that I don't care about football. You know, everybody who knows me know, know that I love it. So I was like, you know. Let me just master both of them. You know, I think that I'm good at I'm good at everything that I'm passionate about. Was that the concert that you? There was a picture of you and Jerry. Yep. Okay, so that broke the internet. So, yep. <laughs> so at that point, I'm thinking he's coming back to the Cowboys. He's <laughs> coming back. So, what's your relationship like with Jerry? And that I mean, is do you even talk about Dez stuff like Rod that, or just what's up, Jerry? Uh, you know, I love Jerry. You know, I don't think that ever uh, that's not going to change because I've learned so much from him. You know. Without even talking, you know, I don't even have to talk to him. You know, just seeing his presence, I learned so much from him. You know, just the way how he handled business. You know, how guys just, just love him. You know, when those, when he walking around, when he was, you know, when he walk around the star, and you see, you got all of those. I'm gonna say that I want to say business. A lot of business people, I mm-hmm. know they business people. They follow him. I can I can see it in their face. Like, man, this is amazing. You know, I want that feeling one day, you know. Jerry Jones always been that type of guy that's able to to make people love him. 
Regardless of the situation, when Deion Sanders had to lead the Dallas Cowboys, he always had their home ready for Dan. <laughs> Jerry Jones always had a, a home ready for him, you know. <clears throat> and to me personally, uh, I think that down the line, of course, it didn't end the way we all was uh, expecting with Des Bryant. I know some people still have this strong faith in Des Bryant. Some people joined the uh, Saints fans. Uh, when Dez Bryant went over to the Saints, they said, well, I just like Dez Bryant, the player, and I've just always been a team silver and blue guy. So I've never been a player's player's guy, right? <clears throat> so we can see those factors with Jerry Jones, his ability to elevate people's thoughts of a certain player, just like Deion Sanders when he had to leave. He elevated his thoughts and things like that. Shout out to uh, Louise. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the nation. And uh, uh, who is this also? Coach Hudson. Appreciate you for tuning in to this deal, too. Uh, always a lady. Yes. Uh, good to see you, too. Uh, 100 Mitch. Yeah, appreciate you all for, for being part of the mix. So my thing is with Jerry Jones, he's the mastery of uh, what there's this old saying. I'd rather have you inside the tent pissing out versus outside the tent pissing in. So there's... Brian, at this point of his career, of his enlightenment, and now he's looking at it saying, I'm going to get back inside the tent. <laughs> so that's what Jerry Jones is able to do. As a billionaire, man, as a guy that's smooth, calm, cool, calm, and collected, he has those type of temperament. He has those type of styles. Eddie Cruz, man, appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, yes, the uh, juggernaut, man, appreciate you for, the, for being part of the mix, too. Uh, don't forget to hit that like button, share this content. Really need all of those likes and, and shares. Appreciate it. Share, share, share with your friends and neighbors and foes. Yes, got to agree with you. Uh, Dana, unfortunately, what's going on with Dana? Dez is not a Cowboys anymore. So in my mind, he just dizzed. <laughs> uh, I can feel what you're saying. Yeah, but but we look at everything. We look at, uh, and I don't have the, the certain clip of what he was talking about with, with Scott Lanahan. Maybe I can find it towards the Like the first time I ever really witnessed anything fire. better is when I went off to college. I'm, we got more fire. to go. I think that shit cool. I'm sorry. That's Somebody, all right. We got it. We got it. You know, we'll dump it. We got a last line of defense back there. Thank you, Shippy. <laughs> you, you know, I, I I think that's cool, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just watching from the outside in, I have no problem with that. You know, I, I believe in myself. I always believe. Through, Let's see you know, if I can but, find that little clip you know, for you guys. It happens. You know, do it still bother me today? I think about it, but I'm not cowboy. Right. They don't like us. No one, I was expecting it. And <laughs> they've are? changed the rule. To where it's officially a catch now if it happens, but you're at the line of scrimmage. Romo wants to walk us through everything that's going through his mind on that play. It was fourth and two, uh -huh. right? And can you walk us through everything you're thinking from the minute you get to the line and what you thought was going to happen on the play and then what happened? From my time, from the time I stepped on Lambeau Field, I was in attack mode. I didn't care if it was fourth and two with one second left on the clock. I didn't have no jittery bugs in me. I was there to do one thing, and that was my attitude. Like, when when the fourth and two play was called, and I seen I was lined up one-on-one, -on -one, I was expecting it. But that was the route? Like, is that the number one read on the play to go to you deep? Well, hey, I don't know. <laughs> but you know your quarterback. I know my quarterback. Yeah. So I was, I was expecting it, wow. you know, and I was excited. I was like, man. <laughs> We moving on. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was the attitude, and then I'm like, man, what you know, what just happened? 
You know, because I always have my little feels like, man, refs, they don't like the Cowboys. They don't like us for some strange reason. Just, just calling all types of penalties on us for, you know, stuff that don't make sense, you know, is my attitude, you know. But, you know, it happens. You know, do it still bother me today? I think about it, but I'm not. Man, I didn't go to the Pro Bowl that year. I said, no, I ain't going. I, re- go. yeah. I remember the way you're feeling immediately after it, and that's why I was wondering is how uh-huh. often do you still think about that? I let it go. You know, um, I'm actually making shirts about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you go to personal corner, maybe yeah. you can uh, have have some of that fun moving forward. There. Yeah. That, that hurt us a lot. It hurt the fan base, but we know you caught it. It was an amazing catch, mm-hmm. and it was almost like you got penalized for being too athletic. Like, if right. you had just caught it and fallen down uh-huh. – it's a catch, but you caught it and tried to reach out and extend. Uh-huh. It's like you got punished for that. And yeah. I, I just want you to hear this. Just to know we had your back. Mm-hmm. This is us the next day on the radio. You got to shoot. F U D Blandino! Yeah. That was like 15 minutes of that. that support. Yeah. We went on for a long time. I, I lost my voice after that. We all did. Damn uh, but, hey, it's so good to see you so happy. And uh, Personal Corner is very, very exciting. What would you like to say to folks out there, just as we wrap this up, if somebody's like, oh, in Personal Corner, okay, mm-hmm. I missed some of that. You know, Evan's, uh, now Evan is the engineer, right? Evan. Yes, indeed. So they go more on to talking about a personal corner. Guys, go check out personal corner. Daz Brown is giving away ten grand for those who are registered at personalcorner.com. Uh, I guess it's one of those things where it's, it's it's an avatar. It's like making virtual life real. If you're into the games and things like that, it's similar. Meaning that I guess you can buy little coins and things like that. Once you uh, buy those things, it elevates you to another tier. And then once you get your tier higher enough, you'd be able to, um, I guess, ingratiate yourself or communicate with yourself uh, to like these Chris Pauls of the world or the Des Bryant's or, or uh, I would say the um, Saquon Barclays and the Ezekiel Elliott. So they will all have their own personal, uh, I guess, corner. So it's one of those things where it's a great marketing tool. Maybe it may be the wave of the future. It may be. Uh, yes, when we all felt the pain <laughs> when when Dean Blandino explained like, hey, he didn't, you know, control the ball all the way to the ground. And we already know. I know 2014 is many a moons ago, almost right, right at four years ago. It's a long time. Uh, but we always got to look back. You got to understand your past to, to know your future. Right. So this 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 is no mystery to us. We already know, like when we play against the. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend, we play against two teams, the Zebras and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's just the bottom line. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, no, law, you conspiracy law now. No, that's just, that's just the truth. Uh, what's up with you? Thank you for tuning in on the Periscope. Des is becoming an entrepreneur. That's good for him. That's incognito. Yes, that is good. You know, try to make that paper. Always a lady. No one like us. You know, America's team. Yeah, they hate us, right? <laughs> But they want to be a part of the situation, right? Winston is going to be <laughs> going to want money, so I think that the money would benefit the team better. They're going to have these studs to do these things. Yes, DJ, let me know. Yeah, this is DJ Unique Takes, man. Appreciate you for tuning in on the Twitter. 
Yes, yeah, I'll let you know, fam. You want to jump in on the show, so we can try to figure out something what we can do uh, Sunday. You know, watch out for DJ uh, Unique Takes. Follow him on Twitter. But appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation. Let me see if I can find another topic that we can talk about beyond the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to try to do this marathon show for a couple more minutes, right? <laughs> We're going to at least try to get this thing live, pumping, ready. Yes, let's go. YouTube Jason Witten give us his opinions on Dak Prescott. Yes, Jason, let's see. Let me see if I can pull that up, okay? All right, so Jason Witten give his opinion. I have yet to hear this, so it's going to be version years to me. Jason Witten's. Jason Witten's. See, see, you guys are in control of the show. And, and uh, for those who out there um, who's not familiar, I do this really during the draft season. Normally what I do, believe it or not, uh, during the draft season or during like like once the season is over with, I go live just like this and I usually uh, point out to the people that's in the nation, that's in the chat box and say, okay, what player did you guys want me to pull up? And we'll pull up the actual video at that point. But uh, since, um, <clears throat> let me see what they're waiting on, Dak Prescott. I wonder what he said. You know, do anybody, you guys can give me some spoiler alerts just before the season starts. That's facts, law. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Um, <clears throat> I don't see the clip. Uh, I see first take when I do this. All right, so this is this must be the clip right here. Was it a couple of days ago? Let's see what they got. It was three days, three or four days ago. Jason Witten spoke out on. Um, let's see what they got. Let's see. Listen in. Let's listen in to Jason Witten speak. Uh, his opinion. That year was a crazy year. How that played. You know, Tony goes down in the third preseason game. Dak comes in, I mean, fourth-round pick. He doesn't even blink. I mean, the guy, you, he, he is unwavering with his mental toughness, which is a great trait for a young quarterback. Oh, Zeke came down to, to dinner, and he said, hey, Dak's been sitting in the bathroom calling the plays to himself in the mirror. And, you know, we all laughed and giggled. About it. But I, I left there, and I go, I love that. I love that he was working at calling a play. You know, there's something different about, hey, double right, scat right, 439, running, left drag, eight swing, one, one. Now, hey, go make a damn play, boys, let's go. Or coming in there saying, you know, hey, double right, uh, scat right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to play for that guy. And, and uh, that didn't blink. I think, you know, I was fortunate to go 14 years with Tony. I don't think he had the roster around him with the offensive line and the playmakers that Dak did. So I would have loved to have seen what Tony could have done with that group and with him healthy. But in saying that, I think the future's bright with Dak. He's gonna to continue to develop. All right, so with that being said, Jason Witten, he said uh, in his little excerpt here, I, I guess this, this was on uh, Fourth Worth Star Telegram. Appreciate them for the clip. Uh, he was saying the fact that Dak Prescott, he would walk into like the restroom and uh, he would see the Dak Prescott going over the place, trying to, uh, I guess, go over the verbiage and, and seeing where people should be lined up at on the field of play, which is cool. Uh, and then on top of that, with Dak Prescott, he was also the guy that's will a team. And he said that Jason Witten was talking about basically in that clip that you guys were listening into is that. Um, if you guys recognize his voice, he was saying the fact that uh, Tony Romo, although they had different type of uh, deals, he wished that Tony Romo had the team that was surrounded around him 
um, that that um, that Dak Prescott has now. I, I, to me personally, that that's and this is not me being pro Dak Prescott at this point. But damn it, do anybody remember 2007? Do anybody remember 2011? This team was loaded. Uh, we had a lot of weapons around us, you know, surrounded us. Uh, if you if you really go back and listen to 2007, you go look at that team. I'm gonna ask everybody in the chat box right now: Who on this team right now is better than Demarcus Ware? I will sit and wait. Who on this team right now? If anybody can tell me right now who on this team is better than Demarcus Ware, I will wait and I will get uh, you guys. Give me the, the explanation. Give me how, because Demarcus Ware was averaging. Now I'm not talking about a nine or ten sacks game. No, no, a year. I'm talking about this guy was putting up 18 and 19 sacks. <laughs> this guy was a ha wreaking havoc off of that edge over there. And then let me know, even at his age right now, of uh, T.O., is anybody, one can argue, maybe Amari Cooper, but no, who? Amari Cooper still is not as great as T.R.L. Owens. Let me know right now who is better on this roster than T.O. right now. I will wait. Nobody, right? That's what uh, Quentin Nichols said. Nobody better than DeMarcus Ware. <laughs> And DeMarcus Ware wasn't the only person that we had on this defense in 2007. T. New was nasty. These guys was explosive. These guys, we had a team. 2007 was a team. They had the most pro bowlers than anybody that can, can even phantom, you know, or think of. Patrick Creighton dropped the playoff. <laughs> See, people go back. Jay Jones, I, 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 I encourage you to go back and watch that game and let me know when and where on the field that that Patrick Creighton dropped that ball and I was sitting wait. To me personally, what were really was a detriment to that particular game where, where uh, when they was like in the final fourth in the fourth quarter in the final minutes that they allowed that time to run out. <laughs> and then they allowed a, a false start to occur and they pushed us back. We was in the moments of winning the game. They were not focused. Marcus Spears, yes, Marcus Spears. They had some guys out there, Jay Jones. Yes, yeah, I agree. Jay Ratliff. Jay Ratliff was an undersized nose tackle, but he did decent. You know, I don't think he was in 07. I think he came in 08, but but he could have been on 07 roster. I could be wrong. Uh, they had the two-headed monster uh, as far as the running of the rock. Right now, as much as we love Ezekiel Elliott, he have yet to eclipse Think about this. He had yet to eclipse Marion Barber's rushing numbers right now. Marion Barber have more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott right now, collectively. So we, we got to look at everything. It's more to this soup <laughs> than we like to taste. But it, it's, it's not a comfortable feeling. But 2007, it was, was, a, was a good year for us to win a Super Bowl. Third quarter. On our end of the field. This is from Jay Jones. So that's when he dropped the ball. So, I mean, we had a whole quarter to go through. Think about this. And I'm not trying to dog Tony Romo out. I'm not trying to dog anybody out. That was on the team that spilled milk. We lost. <laughs> and it hurt. It lost. It hurt me <laughs> that we lost the fact that we lost. But if you give Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady a whole quarter <laughs> to bring back a team, let me know if it's possible, especially with the defense that we had. 
We was top 10 in defense that year. I think it was like really top 12, something like that. We still had a top-ranked defense. Defense was nothing to sneeze at. And then on top of that, I think we was like number one, number two, or number three, something like that in offense. So we had the team. <laughs> we had everything. And then on top of that, it was like one of those years that we said, okay, we had the opportunity snatched from us in 2006. We had the slick ball, and everybody was talking about that. So it, it was quite possible. But what, what Jason Whitney is lamenting the fact that this team is light years better than where they, where they were in 2007 in collective terms. And I just disagree with the great Jason Whitney. And then on top of that, in 2007, they had a young Jason Whitney opposed to uh, 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 Rico Gathers of the Worlds and the Swames and the Jarwins and the uh, Schultz. <laughs> Patrick Edmondson says, thank you for tuning in. Dak just need to run the rock more. I agree. I agree. Gre Gary says, uh, people think he's better than Rodgers. Uh, that year he was nice. Romo should have had two rings. Yeah, I agree in his collective career. I think Tony Romo collectively. How many years Tony Romo played? I think out of his years of playing, he should have had at least two rings. At least. Zeke missed six games, bro. Yeah, Jason Taylor, yes, he did. Uh, Dak went three and three while he was suspended. So 50-50, yeah, right. So, I, you know, it's not bad. I always say thank you, Patrick Edmonds, for helping us grow the nation. Yes, thank you, Patrick. Really appreciate you for helping us out, man. It's always a pleasure, always a plus, man. Thank you so much uh, for making these things happening. Uh, all right, so uh, let me see what we got over here. Really appreciate each and every last one of you guys tuning in to this thing. I'm going to try to go as long as possible before um, we lock load and get out of here. But we're going to try to marathon this thing. How about that? You guys good with that? Let me give y'all a how. One hour and 45 minutes. Yes. Let's get this thing going, man. Let's try to get that two hours in. We got 15 more minutes. So anybody else have a talking point that we want to bring up? Anybody know anything out there that we need to touch on and, and, and bring up? Uh, did Colin Cowboy have anything crazy to say today? Uh, did um, just Jason Whitlock? Let me see if I can pull up what they had to say. I know they, talk, they got to talk Cowboys every day, right? They always got the Cowboys in their mouth. Let's see what they got to talk about. Let's see what we can pull up. Let's see. Colin Cowherd. Who I you know, I'm not dogging Colin Cowherd. He's he's a good guy. He just have different points of views. And like I always say, those convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. So there's nothing wrong with his opinions and views and things like that. Let's see if he had anything to say about the Cowboys this day or the previous day. Uh I think I said I saw somebody comment say, stating uh, why uh, LVE didn't make the playoff, or not the playoff, but the Pro Bowl or what have you. Uh, it's a simple but yet complex questioning. The thing is with uh, LVE, the, his status, the way he plays for certain positioning is always crazy. All right, Chris Broussard, <laughs> we got two mates. When we talk about linebacker play, you talk about the 3-4 defense versus a 4-3. The 3-4 is always going to be on, well, on the spotlight. And looked upon as that like that is the golden calf but if we look at it or certain factors lve played a good season you know so far so he should have been an alternate i wish they had like a rookie all-star team but i don't think the cowboys and the nfl have those type of things out there 
But I guarantee you, he will make that particular team. Uh-oh, Colin Cowherd didn't have anything to say uh, about the Cowboys today. Hmm, how about that, huh? If he's not mentioning them, that's cool. That's always a good number. Let me see what we have over here in the chat box. Appreciate you guys tuning in to this thing. Really do. Let me see what we got over here. Thank you all on the Law Nation 2.0. As we stretch this thing out, we're going to try to stretch it out as far as possible. Look, I still give you guys the morning report, right? <laughs> Let me see. Where is my... There you go. There she go. There we go. There we go. All right, so uh, Paul G, appreciate you, man. Law salute, 4 a.m. Come quickly. I will painfully... Uh, that 07 versus the uh, Stinky Giants. Yeah, Jay Jones is crazy. Uh, Amai, what's up? What's the status of Tavon Austin? Yeah, um, the status of Tavon Austin, he's moving around, getting around. But the problem is with Tavon Austin is that they don't know if he can get hit right there. And that's the thing. You do not want to play Russian roulette with that person growing. I mean, he can get hit and he can bleed out. So that can just be damaging to his career and his life status. So, um, to me personally, he may not even play this weekend. He may not. Then again, they may be throwing a hoodwink on us. They may do to what the coach did to us last week. Remember, the coach was like, it's a game day decision with Ty uh, Hilton or what have you. And all of a sudden, we look up there, he's all suited up and booted up and ready to go. Whitlock and Wiley, they said something today? Let me see if I can look that up, David Alexander. Appreciate you, man. You're coming through on a clutch. Yes, content. I love content. <laughs> what we have here, uh, did you see Dak interview today with Lennonhan's interview? Nah, I can jump around on that. I didn't think about that. Yeah, we, we can listen to them too. So give me a few seconds and we can jump around to their interviews as well. But let me listen to Whitlock. I, you know, that guy right there, my goodness. Whitlock and Wiley. And I'm going to put on Dak Prescott because they normally be speaking some... Prescott, let me see, Dak. Whitlock, I already know where his stance at. <laughs> this was uh, uh, one week ago. I don't want to go back that far. It's too far in the archive. Let me see. Let me see what we got. Romo couldn't get them in the ring. Appreciate the donation to help grow the nation, man. Who, who out there making the donation? Really appreciate it. Scaring the hell out of me. Who do we got over here? Dave Alexander, Whitlock, and Wiley have an interview and have anything to say. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to look them up now. We're going to see what they had to say about this whole situation. Pull them up now. Hopefully they had something to say because uh, Colin Cowherd didn't have nothing to say today, so we're going to see what they have to say. <laughs> All right, so da 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 I don't see it. I don't see it on the... On the um, if anybody got that direct link, put that in the comment box. That way, uh, I can take a look at it from there. Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. Uh, let me see what we have. Here we go. Incognito. Appreciate it, man. Let me see what we got. Put it on the Law Nation 2.0 page. So, appreciate it. Let me see what he got. Thank you for coming through in the clutches, man. Incognito. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. It's spinning. I got the world's fastest internet. It says incognito video unavailable. Oh, I know why. It went through on 
pull it up on uh, my Google. Let's see what we got on Google. Oh, here we go. Let me listen to this right here. There we go. While that load up, preaching. 